Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Attention. Everybody stop what you're doing. It's time for The Unwritten Rule, a Mizzou sports podcast brought to you by the Believe Network, alongside Peyton Haverman and Kenny Van Doren. Here is your host, Jack Knowlton. Welcome back to The Unwritten Rule. Today is Monday, June 5th, and Mizzou baseball has wasted no time replacing departing coach Steve Beezer. The Tigers have hired Carrick Jackson as their next baseball coach. Um, so Kenny Payton, we're going to talk about that first and foremost. Um, Jackson comes by way of Memphis. He does have a, a Mizzou tie. He was an assistant here um, a couple of years ago, back under Tim Jamison when he was the head coach. So first and foremost, quick reactions. We've got a new baseball coach. Are you guys surprised that it happened so fast, especially given like, you know, it's been what a little over a week since since Beezer's been out, time is time is relative, but um, I, I get a quick turnaround in in you know what is an important role here for for the baseball program. Yeah, definitely is a quick turnaround. Yeah, I mean, baseball is not like a sport like basketball and football where you have multiple names getting dropped here and there, multiple sources coming in with different ties to the university. So I guess baseball it, it kind of came as a surprise for us because we haven't been in this spot before to see a new baseball coach come to the University of Missouri. Um, Desiree Reed Francois, the athletic director for Mizzou, um, spoke very highly, of course, of her new hire um, called um, Carrick, a tireless recruiter, fierce competitor, and a coach with deep roots to the Midwest. And of course, you just mentioned, did coach at Mizzou not too long ago um, in the last decade. So, I mean, it's going to be a looks like a good hire for Mizzou if you know they're really going to try to jump forward in the SEC. And we can talk about this in a few minutes too about how they need to also start funding this program like other. SEC schools do. Yeah, I mean, there were ties all over the place. Uh, the Carrick Jackson, when he was hired to Memphis, uh, Brian DeBorg, uh, someone in the athletic department who was hired last month, I believe, he was involved with getting Carrick Jackson to Memphis. Uh, now, a month later, or a month into his job uh, at Mizzou, he helps bring in Carrick Jackson to, to Mizzou. Um, as you said, Knowlton, he was an assistant here for five years under Tim Jamison. Interestingly enough, at Memphis, Tim Jamison was uh, Carrick Jackson's pitching coach. So not sure if they'd be willing to maybe bring him along with uh, with Jackson to Mizzou, uh, especially given the fact that there was a really tumultuous exit back in the day, but they did just induct him into the Mizzou Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, so maybe that is something they look into, but just so many different ties to the university. This made sense. Um, uh, there were a few na- other names floated. Rob Vaughn, I believe, at uh, Maryland was a name we heard they were interested in. A um, few others, Rob Childress, I believe, A&M's old baseball manager. Um, but I think Mizzou found the guy they ultimately that was at least very near the top of their list. Um, you look at Jackson, uh, his resume, he took over his first head coaching job at the college level. He took over a Southern program, went had just nine wins in year one with Southern. Then the next year won uh, the SWAC uh, and made a regional, moved on to Memphis, 
Um, a lot of people were complimentary of what he did there in just one season, uh, had them above 500. Um, ultimately, though, I don't really think the important part is just hiring Jackson. The important part is going to be what kind of support he gets. Um, them settling on him just less than a week or so into the search makes me think that now baseball is going to be made a bit more of a priority. It seems like Desiree has been working through each program since she's got to Mizzou, kind of making upgrades where she sees, and it may be baseball's turn now. Um, there wasn't a ton of money coming into the program under Beezer. Um, fair or not, they felt the need to move on. Um, and now Jackson comes into the most difficult job in the SEC for sure. I mean, what, what support he gets uh, remains to be seen. I'm hopeful that he gets a fair amount of support, though. Yeah, I and we, and we can dive in. You you touched on a lot of important things, Peyton. We've talked a little bit already on this show, you know, when Steve Beezer left about, you know, kind of the investment that this program seems to need. Um, but I do want to dive into Carrick's background a bit more. It seems from at least what I was reading and looking at, you know, a lot of his uh, strengths and good qualities as a coach is that he seems like he's a pretty decent player developer. I think he worked... Um, a little bit with like some other college programs. I thought I already coached in the Cape Cod league as well. So how important is that? And like, did you guys notice, I guess just, you know, what are the characteristics maybe from your own quick research? Cause this hire just happened, you know, in terms of the qualities he might bring um, whether it's player development or just, you know, contributing to, to helping turn this Mizzou program around, like Peyton said, you know, we'll get into the help from the university and such. Yeah, he, he, he overlapped with some guys who are currently in minor league baseball and professional you know, major league baseball at the moment. Um, Rob uh, Zastrzny, uh, former I Cubs. I believe it's Zastrzny. Zastrzny, yeah. yeah a, kind of a complex last name. <laughs> we there. don't blame you for <laughs> butchering that last time. <laughs> uh, Trey Harris, Tanner Houck, Pete Fairbanks. These, these guys are um, either in the minor leagues or in the major leagues at the moment. So there, there is a lot of player development on that end, and it looks good for Mizzou's future when you have those guys behind him. Um, other than that, you know, it is a quick turnaround, like we said. But, I mean, my first initial thought is, you know, getting these this coach here early. You know, a lot of guys are going to be jumping into the portal. We've already seen a couple pitchers jump into the transfer portal in the last week with Steve Beezer's firing. And it's kind of like, you know, setting an understanding of where this team's going to go in the future. <laughs> Gabe DeArmond from Power Mizzou uh, reported that there was a team meeting last night when the announcement was official. So, you know, we might hear in the couple in the coming days of some other guys going to be jumping the portal as well. Yeah. As you, I mean, you mentioned it, uh, Logan Lunsford freshman starter who flashed a lot. Um, he jumped in the portal Chandler Murphy, who was Missouri's Friday night guy. A lot of the time jumped in the portal, Austin Tresser gone, Trevor Austin gone. That's always going to happen. That shouldn't really concern anyone with a coaching change. Um, the real question is, is how does maybe Carrick keep some of the guys he identifies as building blocks in, um, especially when, as we've mentioned, this is not an easy job. This is the SEC, yes, but it's the worst place to be in the SEC as of now. Um, I will say it does help that uh, Carrick has a background developing uh, players that have reached the MLB. Um and it does help. I do believe he worked with the MLB Draft League. Um, he is a he is a former agent. Um, so all of that does help 
I think, build a good way for him to build a good recruiting pitch, even before selling recruits on Mizzou. But at the end of the day, there's got to be more investment if any of us hope for this hire to work out. Yeah. Um, so I was, I lost my train of thought for a brief second, but Peyton, like you touched on it a little bit, like talking about some of the players that might be leaving, I guess before we get into back into the investment side of stuff, can y'all summarize kind of what this last Mizzou season was and what Jackson is maybe inheriting? Cause obviously it seems like, you know, you're both like, you know, we're alluding to, it's not a great situation in the SEC for the Tigers, you know, given their lack of investment from higher up, but on the field, um, you know, what can, what can he expect to work with to develop in his first season and who, you know, like you identified some of the names, Peyton would are like our players that are maybe key to keep. And, you know, that may be, like you said, on the, on the way out. Um, I mean, I could, in spite of the fact that it is just incredibly hard to build a competitive team, uh, at Mizzou, just in the SEC, I do think they actually, Steve Beezer and company did it. I mean, the lineup last year really did have a great year. Trevor Austin was great at second base. Matt Garcia emerged at shortstop. Um, Luke Mann was unbelievably good. They're not going to be able to keep him. He'll be drafted. Um, Hank Zeisler, he came in as a sixth-year first baseman. He absolutely mashed. They're going to lose him because I believe he's just straight up out of eligibility. Um, Key guys, I think for them, it really just came down to they kept getting hurt in the rotation. They lost Ian Losey for the year. They lost Carter Rustad after one appearance. Uh, They lost Chandler Murphy for a portion of the year. They lost so many pitchers, and that ultimately turned a team that I think would have been in a regional at least into a team that completely missed the postseason, almost completely missed the postseason, save for one SEC tournament game. Um, uh, in terms of key players to keep- When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. I'm not sure. I think Ty Wilmsmeyer is a guy that could intrigue MLB teams simply because he's such a great defender. Um, one of the fastest players uh, I think I've ever seen. I, I believe there in the game earlier this year between Mizzou and Kansas, I remember them saying this on the SEC tournament game broadcast. They played it in Kaufman, so there was stat track available. Um, Ty Wilmsmeyer had a bunt single in that game where he ran 31 feet per second. Like that is, I believe if he was in the league right now, that would be like the second or third fastest player in Major League Baseball. Um, that's a play. And he did, uh, get a little bit better at the plate this year. That's a player I would probably identify as a key building block. If you can keep him, that may not be something realistic though, because I think the MLB could come calling. I I am glad you touched on, you know, the injuries that were kind of piling up for Mizzou, even 
guys from D1 Baseball, who was like you know, the premier out- outlet for college baseball, they mentioned, you know, this team, this team had talent and you mentioned the talent. Um, I don't think, I think, you know, of any program in the last decade that's probably taken the biggest hit from the move to the SEC, Peyton and I have said this before, is definitely the baseball program, really just how much they're behind now. And I mean, you look at where this team stand, stood in the SEC, they finished last in the SEC East, um, 10 to 20 in the conference. I mean, there are a couple, you know, series wins away from sneaking into a regional. I mean, this team had talents and if they stayed healthy the full season, Steve Beezer probably still has his job because this team, you know, had the players, they had the depth to be a team that could make make some noise in a regional. I don't think they would have really pushed themselves into a super regional, um, but there, there was talent there. And even, you know, for how behind it was, you know, the program, it wasn't Steve Beezer's fault in that sense. Um, they, they made you know pretty good strides this past year. And it's just really just building on that. Just, what DRF and the rest of this athletic department puts forward for the baseball program. So I think Kenny, you make you made a really good point, which is why I wanted to get that context. Cause it did seem like, you know, they, they had something going, especially at least in non-con, like they finished above 500, like you, like Peyton alluded to, they had a ton of injuries, especially in, in the pitching that just makes it so difficult to compete, you know, especially in postseason when when, you know, you might need to rely on on your rotation or whatever. But like it, it seemed like they've made some strides. So I think it's good that, like you said, or like you both said, you know, maybe this quick hire is suggestive that, you know, this last season with Beezer, despite him, you know, being ousted after it has put the university sort of on notice in terms of, you know, hey, we need to throw some some more investment in this program. I know there was the thing that was tweeted um, that they ranked last and how much money I think was just, you know, dedicated toward the program. It was like 12 million, which is a lot of money, but not for, you know, comparatively for SEC baseball. It's very bad. Right. So I guess I'm trying to phrase this in the form of a question, but I guess just like, you know, like other, do you all have any other comments on that? Just maybe like, you know, we're not we're not obviously university officials, but, you know, what maybe needs to happen first and foremost? What like what are what are those next steps? What do those maybe look like now? You have this new coach. He seems like an up and coming guy. He He's a good player developer. You know, if he hits can be someone that can carry your program forward for a while. What what now maybe with with. You know, what has to come next in terms of investment into this program? Well, I mean, I it just has to be facility upgrades first and foremost. If that's not a full-on new stadium, uh, it needs to be just seriously overhauling so many of the facilities. I mean, I believe the last major investment was the locker room. Uh, the Mizzou home locker room got renovated. It's a nice home locker room, but I mean, there's still so much. I mean, half the field is not turf half yeah. of it is turf. We've, ta- we've talked about that which is wild and that that just basic things like that um mizzou i do not believe the baseball team has a full uh has a full-time uh strength and conditioning coach that needs to be something that changes um and they've got to find a way i mean we have not seen like just serious like donors from mizzou's past be invested in this program um, and that might have been a reason that contributed to Beezer's firing because we know Max Scherzer, of course, was not pleased that Tony Vitello did not get the job back when Beezer was hired. Um, and that has led to him donating no money to the program. Now, granted, it does seem the relations have thawed. I mean, he was at the border war game this past uh, year. He 
I believe came and talked to the baseball team our freshman year, I want to say. Um, so it's not like it's an unsavable relationship, but that needs to be somewhere you really look to get some donations going for the program just to get something of value. Because as it is, this program is set up for failure. Some of my last thoughts here, there are some good accounts on there that really cover more Mizzou baseball just independently. Mm -hmm. T.R. Robertson, who I I really like him on Twitter. He gives you a lot of insights where this baseball team looks. Order on the court, uh, another guy who's really into the data side behind Mizzou. He he posted this tweet a couple days ago um, this past weekend. Last five years expenses on SEC baseball. Number one team, of course, is Vanderbilt, $34.9 million over the last five years. You find Mizzou at the bottom at 12.1. Right above them is Georgia and Kentucky in the $14.8 million range. So, I mean, there's, it's just, it's so obvious how far, you know, behind Mizzou is. And even T.R. Robertson says, like, teams come here and they call Mizzou a poverty franchise and they have every right to. I mean, they they come to these facilities and they don't look, and they don't look like the rest of, you know, the SEC. And we've talked about the field multiple times and we have a guy who's, scheduled to come on here later this week and Peter Zimmerman who was a big face of the Mizzou baseball um, program the last four years I mean he played four years ago I mean he was our, our freshman year in 19, 2019 2020 and I mean he, he's going to be very vocal about this and he's very opinionated on where this team could be if they had the proper funding that every other SEC program had yeah I think it's a good uh it's good that there's a player or I guess now former player but recent former player who you know is is speaking out about this because that's whose voice I think might be the biggest in all of this mm-hmm. is the players coming out like, you know, one thing I I plan to ask Peter and almost want to know is like, you know, how how does it how does it feel as a player like they're on all on social media now to see that, you know, on Twitter you're going out there and giving your best no matter who you play for but like, you know, you're coming to an SEC program you're expecting the best and you know you're not getting you're not getting the, you know, equal kind of balance of investment that some of these other teams are. It makes it harder for sure. So it's an interesting situation. I don't think there's anything that we're going to, you know, answer even in the next year. And I think fans seem to have a good understanding of that where it's, you know, they understand that this job is going to be hard for no matter who gets it. Um, And I think people are willing to give Carrick Jackson a chance, but also understand the same thing we're saying, which is look, it doesn't matter if it's Carrick Jackson or who it is, if this team doesn't, you know, get some investment from the, from the higher ups as, as they say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. My last think, thing just yeah. on Carrick's hire is that he's the first, I think, correct me if I'm wrong. He's the first black head base, baseball coach in the sec. He's the I current, do believe first current correct. one. I read this wow. the other day. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, that's a, that's a big stride for, you know, the African-American community in that sense. And I mean, Carrick Jackson has found success as a baseball coach in multiple facets. So this is a big step for him as well. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good, that's a good, I did not read that. So that's a good, that's a good fact there. And yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, he gets the investment to to have some success and it doesn't continue to be a revolving door um, of coaches. We'll see plenty in store for, for the baseball program going forward. The, the one thing I do want to remark though, is broadening this out quick. We were, we were texting in our little group chat about this with Desiree Reed Francois. This is now her fourth, right? Head coaching hire that she's made with, she's done volleyball, got a new coach there. Um, and then, Dennis Gates, obviously. Now mm-hmm. here you have Carrick Jackson. Cross country was the fourth. Cross country was the fourth. So tennis, tennis as well. Oh, oh tennis. tennis that's right. So, so wasn't there a new golf now. coach too? 
Or was there not? Mm, oh my gosh. I don't recall that. To okay. be honest with you. I don't. Yeah, I don't remember. But okay, so up to five now. Um, my mistake. Head coaches like, you know, I just, you know, your thoughts on maybe her tenure so far, and and I think it's a good thing that she's she has been willing to, you know, really look at all of these programs and evaluate them. Obviously, we know for men's basketball that's been a home run hire. Um, some of these other programs remains to be seen, but you know, I guess thoughts just on, on her sort of, um, work with the athletics department so far. I think, you know, personally, I'll say first, she's doing a pretty good job. I think, um, I, I appreciate too, like her presence at all these sporting events that it's like, you know, not an AD that is just never around and just sits in their office and is a mystery to everybody. She goes to all these games. She understands the, I think, importance of student investment in them as well. Um, and seems to encourage that. So that's just one positive thing I'll note, but I'll, I'll turn it. If y'all have any, any thoughts on that, just in general. Um, I did. I do agree. 100%. The fan investment has been much, much better. I mean, I remember even junior year uh, when the team was just not good in basketball, just her, they're just giving away things to, at every game to incentivize people. It probably helped more than, uh, it didn't like ultimately it was still an empty arena most of the time, but it probably got some people to go. And I, th- I don't think that's nothing. Um, football has been big. I remember uh, freshman and sophomore years sometime. Well, sophomore year was COVID, so that doesn't count, but freshman year rather uh, and junior year, even occasionally the student section never seemed to be as full with the exception of a few games. Uh, but senior year, it was packed pretty much every game that wasn't New Mexico state when it was 20 degrees and the day before Thanksgiving. Um, I will also say, I do think Dennis Gates has been her biggest hire easily. And that has been knocked out of the park so far. Uh, I love the way she's worked the schedule in football. Um, We still, there's still obviously has been middling results for the most part in a lot of sports, but, it's it would have been unfair to expect anything to have changed so quickly, I think. So I would give her a very positive review so far. Oh, certainly. It did everything Peyton said. And I do like the part where you brought this up multiple times, Peyton. She's kind of making her rounds through each program and just trying to boost them in any way she can in the SEC. I mean, even like the non-revenue sports like baseball, like softball, like uh, women, like women's basketball, you these programs, they can excel in the SEC and they can still bring in money even if they aren't the top revenue sports like basketball and football. And she's really brought back basketball culture with Dennis Gates. I mean, there was some, you know, different thoughts on Dennis Gates. You know, it might be some people didn't like the hire at the time. At the end of the day, he was the perfect hire. I mean, there are some people on Twitter maybe weren't as high on Carrick Jackson just because he was at Memphis last year and doesn't have Power 5 head coaching experience. But, I mean, she's she has – She's landed some good hires in the past, so I think this one will be the same. Yeah, well said. I also I want to throw out, because we talked about this. It was asked earlier. This comes from Clinton Yates, yeah, uh, ESPN, obviously. Uh, Carrick Jackson is not only the first head coach in the SEC. He's the first ever black head coach in the SEC. First ever. Wow. And he's mm. the only current Power 5 head coach in America that is black. For baseball. So, Yes, for baseball. Wow. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. definitely, definitely a big, a big stride um, made there. That's, that's great. 
let's get the you know Mizzou to be on the forefront of that. So I'm rooting for him. I think that that would be awesome. And yeah, he just need he needs the backing behind him. That's 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 what it's all about. They um, need to invest in the program. That's yeah. Just, end of the day, that is what it'll come down to. The calls seem to be loud, and if Desiree is continuing to listen to the fans, I think she will answer. All right, let's move on. It's time. My thing will play. There Uh-oh. we go. New intro. Oh, what's that? I think what's it's time for quit hit. I, I quick think it's hit. quick hits time. Quick hits time. No, 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 no. Quick hits. Of course, we have Jersey of the Week. Spelling me. Pretty birds of the weekend. The best thing we learned in the ratio. Everyone knows the score. Kenny, start us off. Jersey of the weekend. This one was a fun one. Got thrown in a group chat. We're in with some guys back from Mizzou. Jason Hayward, Dodgers outfielder now. Peyton knows him well from his time in Chicago. Wearing a DTR jersey. Former quarterback for UCLA. Um, he went two for three. Not in the jersey, but at, <laughs> in the game. I saw someone in our group chat say, Someone said in our group chat he went two for three in the jersey. I, I don't believe he was wearing that underneath his Dodgers jersey. Yeah, I don't think he um, but mm-hmm. he went two for three with a run. So, you know, he didn't Wasn't have any it extra two bases. For four? Yeah, that was two for three. I'll check right now. Either way. Fact, fact good for him. Fact uh, yeah, my jersey uh, of the weekend is going to be, this happened today, Trey Richardson, TCU baseball. Trey Richardson hit two grand slams in the first two innings of TCU's regional against Arkansas. TCU would go on to win 20 to 5. Um so hey, I guess beating uh TCU in ba- uh, in baseball rather is not for everybody. Mizzou did yeah. it earlier this year. Aha. Aha. 2 for the 4 ra- with a run, you were right. The Razorbacks cannot handle Trey Richardson's uh Trey Richardson's dingers. 20 to 5 in a regional. So is that how Arkansas season ends? Do they have a Mm, no that wasn't game. an elimination game okay. so they still have a they still have a chance but that would have been a brutal way for the season to end but yeah, yeah there you go so mizzou by default beat tcu 200 to 5 that's how that works i don't know yep. where you're getting that math but sure law of what's that what's that what's that law where it's like the the transitive be, property the transitive property that's that's, that's what it is. you don't typically <laughs> do a lot of multiplication with that no i do it's my it's my new rule anyway um, my Jersey of the week, uh, I am doing Lionel Messi, uh, PSG. He announced that he's leaving the French club. So, uh, the best player of all time is on the move and yeah, we'll see where he goes next. I'll throw in bonus one. Cause this also happened today. Uh, Zlatan also known as Zava from Ted Lasso, who is portrayed as, um, but he's a uh, retiring. So a little bit of an international. Yeah. Kenny's holding up man United Jersey played for man United for a little bit. Um, he's retiring. So kind of a legend of the game, also a legend of just being a comedian. You can look up like videos of him. He went on Kimmel. That's like the, I think the f- most famous one, but he's the Carmelo of soccer. Like he, he yeah. doesn't know him by his first name. <laughs> and because you don't know any other basketball player by their first name. I just realized I said that. Um, but I kind of, I kind of picture him as the Carmelo. I mean, he didn't win much, but he was also, he was always really good. Would Zlatan get his number retired at any club by the Knicks? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, actually, just by the Knicks. And uh, AC Milan, whose Lockton ended his career with, will retire Mello's jersey. They'll, right. do a, they'll do a retirement jersey. Oh, that should make that a thing. Retirement jersey swap. Somehow. somehow just between two sports franchises. I know. Uh... <laughs> 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 Shut up, Jack Knowlton. 
Jack, I, I forgive me, but I forget his name. There's a, a, a white French soccer player who was really good in 2018, but he wasn't as good in the most recent uh, World Cup. I believe you're thinking of the Fortnite dance himself, Antoine Griezmann. Antoine Griezmann is big friends with Julio Rodriguez. They uh, they did a jersey swap the other day. Ah. Maybe when, when those two retire, they'll, they'll do a jersey swap retirement. Maybe that'll – I hope Antoine Griezmann told Julio Rodriguez to play like the MVP that I picked him to be and not bad. Mm-hmm. What was the Jose Siri thing I saw on Twitter? That's one of your friends tweeted. He bat flips uh, racist pitchers or pitchers he thinks are racist. Ah. But he, he bat flips everybody now. So I'm not totally <laughs> sure if he's still following that. Um, yeah. All right. Getting into the spelling bee this week. I thought it would be the best just to go down some of the 2023 baseball, uh, Mizzou baseball players. Uh, it's pretty an easy one this week. Peyton's probably going to do well in this, but we're going to let Jack go first. I don't know, man. Uh, you don't know if you're going to go. For... Okay. Okay. We're going to start with an easy what one is, here. What is it again? So it's Mizzou baseball. Mizzou baseball. Players baseball. Spelling bee. Okay. All right. Uh, first up, Ty Wilmsmeyer. Okay. Layup. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, T-Y. W. Yep. Uh, it's Wilmsmeyer, right? Wilmsmeyer. Yeah. Okay. W-I-L. M S M Y E R. There you go. There you go. Lay All right, one for one. Two. Peyton. I feel like we've done this before because I'm looking we, through we these names. Have. Yeah, we might have. Um, Rorik Maltrud. Rorik Maltrud. R O R I K M A L T R U D. There you go. Um, next one. I'm kind of going through this right now. I didn't actually pick for um, Heisler, <laughs> Jack. Epic effort from Kenny. Big H-A-K. Hank. Hey, big Hank. Oh, okay. Wait, I before E except after C. So Z <laughs> overthinking this. <laughs> you didn't spell Hank. What? H A N K. Dinosaur. Yeah. Dinosaur. Hank. Uh, no. Okay. Z I E. Nope. Z E I. Yes. Uh, S L E R. Correct. Aha. Uh-huh. Peyton. Last one. Can you go four for four here? Um, Javin Pimentel. Oh, God. Um, I think he has it. Is his weird? His first name is spelled weird, right? I mean, I, I don't think it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> so it's spelled like normal Gavin. It's not here's Gavin. A, here's a Mizzou-related ja- question. It's Javin. Oh, okay. I was going to say, is it spelled like Gavin McKay, who's now at Mercer? Um. Javin Pimentel. Um, if I can get to Pimentel, I think I know that. G, or no. sorry, J, 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 Javin, A, V, I, nope, Y, N, Jack, uh, J, A, V. He got he got a redemption. I want a redemption. Here. Yeah, give him yeah, give him the redemption. All right. Last name, Peyton. You got you got Javin correctly. Pimental. P-I-M-E-N-T-A-L. There you go. Four for four. Yeah, Call he started Wendy's. their SEC uh tournament game. Not sponsored. Um, All right, best beats of the week. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, I had a th- I had a question. Who did we have on here that went to Mercer and played baseball again? That was um Ben, ben Upton. Ben Upton. That's right, Ben from eleven point seven, right? Shut up, Ben. Welcome mm-hmm. back anytime. Mm-hmm. He was very All good. Right. Best beats of the week. I am currently up 2-0 in the standings, going for 3-0 here. Game two of the Stanley Cup final. I got over five and a half goals. Stolen. Minus 125. I stole that stole. one. 
there were seven goals in the last game. So I'm going to go, I'm going to take, uh, take Jack's bet here. Um, I am also going to stick for my best beat of the week in, uh, the Stanley cup world. Sorry. I was fumbling over my words there. Um, I'm going Matthew to Chuck five plus shots on goal at plus one fifty six. You shouldn't uh, be allowed to make this bet if you can't say his name correctly. It's to Chuck. It's not. Um, it's Kachuk. You don't say the T. Anyways, Matthew to Chuck St. Louis plus five. I don't care. Um, <laughs> I it's the second best city in the state. Um, if that. So I'm gonna go with him because Florida lost game one. He's their star player. He's gonna be desperate. He's gonna get five shots on goal. I think. That's that's a good bet. It's a good bet. It's Kachuk. And I, I was going to say, I don't know, Peyton. Fulton's pretty cool. To so. Chuck. It has the... Mexico. Yeah. has the Mo- Winston Moberly? Churchill uh, Museum. Moberly Area CC. Versailles? Ugh. <laughs> Paris? I drive through I drove through Paris, Missouri. Bowling Green? Um, my best beat of the week. I didn't want to make it a hockey trifecta. I am also still undefeated one and oh, because, um, Kenny, I did the five and a half goals bet. I think that's just going to be a safe bet for as long as the Stanley cup goes. You're probably all right. Because if there isn't just a lot of goals from both teams, the, the Vegas will probably score six goals by themselves. Mm-hmm. They so. might want to, they might, might want to push that lineup after <laughs> yeah. this next game. It's going to have that. If they, if they, oh yeah, we're not getting this at five and a half again, mm-hmm. if it goes over five and a half. Two, two games in a row. No way. Um, anyway, I'm doing baseball. Uh, I have over nine and a half runs between the Cardinals and the Rangers. Um, the Rangers are a very good offensive team. How are, what are their, are they frauds or are they legit? Cause they're having a really good year, right? I mean, they're, they're looking legit. We're, we're past the it's small real sample size. Lineup. Okay. Yeah. It's, we're past okay. the small sample size point of the season. So that's a real team. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm taking that over nine and a half runs. There's Rangers are winning 13 to seven, I think was my official prediction. 15 to 7, I think. 15 to 7. Either way. That's 22. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be over. that would be over for those doing math. Uh, Dirty Bird. Kenny. Dirty Birds of the weekend. Um, I got the Cardinals. They got swept by the Pirates this weekend. Worked the game on Friday. They scored five runs in the, the first couple innings. Um, then they gave up a seven spot in the seventh inning. So, um, no response there from the Cardinals as they get swept by a division rival. I think the St. Louis Cardinals have already set the record for most dirty birds dirty bird in appearance. one season <laughs> because they have been in it a lot this year. And be a good you know to what? Track of. It's totally deserved. They've been terrible. Um, my dirty birds of the week, Ball State and UNCW baseball. Uh, this is just because when I wrote this down, they were the only two birds that had been eliminated from the College World Series. That has probably changed by now, but those two for sure out. Sorry about that, by the way, Kenny, because I know the Astros love them some Ball State baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They got uh, two guys in the last couple of years. Um, more recently, Chase McDermott, who is now a Baltimore Oriole because James Click doesn't know how to trade players. That's all I'm going to say. Bonus Dirty Bird. Yeah. Won a World even though, even though, yeah, Even though James Click is, <laughs> was a very good GM. Yeah. I'm just well, salty. It's tough. All right. Uh, my dirty bird of the week. Uh, I'm doing Caleb Brown. I I took a uh, I took this from Peyton. I was quick to jump on it. I'm doing this because Caleb Brown uh, visited UTSA. Of course, he is the brother of Kobe Brown. Uh, was a Mizzou guard. Um, did not crop his uh. I I saw what he was trying to do with the little half and half photo on it ins- looked on Twitter. good on Instagram. It did it, not look exactly. Good on it, he did an Instagram photo on Twitter, which you got it. You got to keep those things apart. Very different media platforms when presenting photos. So 
for that reason and in addition that UTSA is the Roadrunners, um, Caleb Brown is the Dirty Bird of the Week. Is that what you do? They go meet 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 meet. That's like um, what's the um llama? No, well that's a llama, but the what's the school? Camels. No, the they go like za za. It's the California school. Oh, the ant eaters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see her fine. Yeah, that's what that's what I was thinking of. Anyway, uh, best thing you learned. Am I first? Hey, no. what'd you learn? Oh, I am first. Okay, best thing I learned this week. Immaculate Grid. Um, my goodness. If you all love those Wordle uh, offbeats, you know, uh, for a bit, it was Purtle. Uh, baseball had one. I forget what it, it was. Pickle. Um, uh, MLB Immaculate Grid has you covered. Uh, this is the best one of these offshoots for sure. I've been camping out until midnight to do these things. They're addicting. Um, I had my best board ever yesterday. KCFN was one of my answers. Who Nobody's going to know who that is. But if KCFN is listening, we'd love to have you on the show, man. Yeah, Peyton and I, we did these grids. Um, that's how we got through our, our last semester of our senior year at Mizzou. Our whole capstone was just us playing that back and forth. You know, I think our parents were probably going to listen to this tomorrow. I'm recording on a Sunday here and my stepmom know- said she listened on her road trip. So, so they're going to know their money went to us playing baseball grids on <laughs> Google docs. Um, best thing I learned this week, uh, Barry Zito, who is not mentioned in Moneyball, um, one, probably one of the best pitchers for the A's in the last 20 years. He pitched for the Savannah bananas last oh, night. Wow. Savannah bananas, um, you know, independent baseball team kind of bring a more fun aspect to baseball for younger uh, fans and he pitched last night they tweeted this yesterday former three-time major league all-star world series champion cy young award winner barry zito took the mound for your nanners tonight they mentioned more about barry zito in that tweet than the director of moneyball did in his film <laughs> yes barry zito of course um also a very good singer um I believe he won masked singer one year i don't know um, but, uh, I need you to stop with the Moneyball slander. It's <laughs> my favorite movie ever made. It's so good. I, everyone has a, a favorite movie that just doesn't make sense and it's not good at heart. I mean, I love Dazed and great Confused. movie. I love <laughs> Dazed and Confused and There's Jack went time... between it not being realistic and it being a good movie. It is. Wait, Jack was, fan. Yeah, tell, Jack that, was tell that story. One time, Jack, Peter, Chase, the, Peter and Chase were Jack and I's roommates, sophomore year. I walk into the apartment, they're watching the movie, and I go, oh, I love this movie. And they're like, we can't figure out what this is. And I'm like, there's no point to it. It's just just some high schoolers hanging out after graduate or after their junior year. Nothing much else to it. And they thought it was like a dumb movie. I mean, that's that's where you are right now. I mean, if we walked in and watched you, you were watching Moneyball, we're like, oh, this movie's dumb. And then you'd be like, no, no it's it a good isn't movie. dumb. <laughs> just because, look, creative liberties were taken. All right. They neglected to, um, throw in the fact that they had a really good rotation <laughs> mvp mark, at mark short Mulder, yeah they had miguel tejada <laughs> at short who won mvp they had mark Mulder, hudson and zito in the rotation forget that because when i when they were like we want you to be a team leader dave justice and just take your walks i was like that's so smart they're finding value in players it's really good dude it's it, like but did, did Moneyball work? I mean, did it did it work? I, I don't remember. They made the playoffs on a oh. budget of 
No. See, well, this now they're is moving the to thing. Vegas. Didn't the so. Twins thump them? The Twins? The they 2003 won Twins? They won 3-1. That's Look, there is a – baseball wow. is, and I will always say this, baseball is the one sport where it is actually an accomplishment to make it to the postseason, just to make it. It's hard. And they did it on the most shoestring budget ever in a totally cutting-edge, outsmart-everybody way, and you're just upset. Yes, they totally rip apart scouting in the movie, despite the fact that even the book mentions that scouting was a big part of it. I don't care, Kenny. It is a fantastic movie. Yeah, I, Billy Bean in the movie goes up to someone who hasn't played baseball since T-ball. He's playing Call <laughs> of Duty in the game and makes him the director of scouting. It's like he this goes, is you, played, you played baseball, right? And he's like, I played T-ball as a kid. New head of scouting. And then he walks away. Look, yes, there's some dumb parts of that movie. But Kenny, after this, look up the trade deadline scene on YouTube and tell me that is just not like peak movie. Like that is such a good scene. Right before they they DFA our one of our best friends' dads. <laughs> oh, week before you know he what? could have had a pension for his Mike ten Mag- years of service time. You know what? He, he, you can send this to him. He can put me on the list. <laughs> Mike Magnanti dying for that scene in the movie was well worth it for a team that didn't win the World Series in the end. They did. He's playing hardball with these GMs, playing them against each other. Hey, you want Venafro? I want Rincon. That's such a good movie. Oh where my are the, god! Where are the A's twenty years later? What are they doing now? Going to Vegas. <laughs> are, aren't they putting the worst product they possibly can on the field so no one shows up and forces an opportunity to move to a better city? Oh, how on earth is that relevant? I'm telling you, it just didn't work. I mean, in the end, Moneyball it just did didn't work. Matter. They made the playoffs. I, I will admit it was a lot harder to make the playoffs then. There were four teams making the playoffs. You had one wild card in the three winners of the division. I mean, there were teams that had better records not making the playoffs. I do agree with that. I just think it's funny to say it, it didn't matter in the end. It did. It was really everything you see in baseball now in part happened because of what happened in that movie. And you get a clip of Kevin Euclid in high school. So that's, and they're like, that's and, and they're like, thing. we want to trade for Kevin Euclid, but Boston actually thinks he's going to be good. So I, I do remember that. That's a good scene. Well, what would you learn, Jack? That's right <laughs> before. Just last thing. That's right before uh, he assigns T-ball guy as new head scout. T-ball guy. Do you think the A's should retire on Melo's number before they move to Vegas? No. Just leave it. In the, leave it in the stadium. <laughs> stadium should get retire uh, <laughs> Heat Brand's number. I need to get out to Oakland. That's my last thing. I need to get out there. I'm a big yeah, Ace Kenny fan wants to go. Kenny wants oh, to go. Oh, I want to see it. I want to just like spend a night there. I want right, to hang out with the. I want to hang out with the raccoon that lives in the uh, press box. Or I don't think he lives there anymore. Oh, also, I, I think it was out. a possum. I don't think it was a, a raccoon. Uh, yeah, whatever. Rodent potato tomato. Rodent. Um, I I also want to comment uh, on the immaculate grid from Peyton before my best thing I learned. I have also been attempting to do it, and my goal is before the end of the year to get nine for nine once. I don't think it will ever happen because I couldn't name you players that have played for the Giants and the Detroit Tigers. I don't know. Um, I hope there isn't. Or no, not Melky. Sorry. Yeah, okay. I, I, I was hoping there wasn't someone really obvious there, but that's my new goal for the year. Um, and they need to make it for football, Immaculate Grid. You liked mm-hmm. my tweet when I tweeted it. Please make one for football and the NBA. That, the that's football would be awesome. That would be a great one. Yeah. Football um, would be good. 
Best thing I learned this week, Drew Locke, former Mizzou quarterback, is apparently, uh, and I guess Mizzou fans will probably know this, you know, maybe better than than I did. I recently learned this. He was apparently elite in high school at basketball. Um, the reason I dove into this was because the Seahawks, Drew Locke's team now, released a video of just, like, players saying who their starting five would be. And, like, every player had Drew Locke. Oh, Drew Locke is the two. He's a shooter, like, all this um, and I was like, why is ever like, why is he so good at basketball? And I looked it up. He was like, apparently he didn't decide until his junior year that he was going to really commit to football. He was a really good basketball player, got offered by Oklahoma. There's an article on the athletic about how he like has learned to shake off adversity on the football field because he would do that playing basketball. So elite, elite, uh, three point shooter. And I really wish I would have seen Drew Locke, Mizzou basketball. I wish they would have Sam horned him and let him play for both. Um, that is that is a fun thing because you could make like an all like what if starting five. Yeah, Drew Lock could be one on there. Another guy that really comes to mind is Dallas Keuchel, who is a Cy Young pitcher for the Astros. More, more recently, pitched for the White Sox too. Um, he was a hooper in in high school. He was bald then too. Yeah, he, he had a shaved head. Wow, he does really? Now. I did not know any of this. Yeah, I'll, I can wild. send you guys the picture later. But there's a yeah. picture out there of Dallas Keuchel backing someone it. up. In the Just paint. tweet that with no context. No like context. Before we release the show. Just tweet it. <laughs> okay, I'll do that um, tomorrow morning. Do that and like maybe one from Drew Locke in high school when he's like got a like a shaggy head of hair. But yeah, um, there's like cool quotes in the athletic article from like Frank Haith who coached Mizzou uh, before Conzo. Ooh, yeah. Um, yeah, that was not a good uh that didn't Icky. End well. Yeah, that wasn't good. That, that was ugly at the end. Yeah. Um but or yeah, no, it, it was him to Kim Anderson, then it was Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. It was Kim before. Um Yeah, but anyway, apparently Drew Lock's really good at basketball. So shout out Hooper Drew Lock. Maybe you should switch scary. if he if he can't start it at quarterback. Imagining a Mizzou without Drew Lock in its lore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ratio of the week. All right, ratio of the week. I saved this one for um, for Sunday. This was from May 30th. So the Padres and Valley Sports are no longer in a partnership. Um, the regional sports networks have been taking a hit. Who would even take a job with the regional sports network right now? Not me. <laughs> um, the San Diego Padres tweeted this. This one fan asked, what if you already have MLB TV? Do I have to buy another subscription again? Because uh, the Padres are now exclusively through MLB TV. And the Padres replied, MLB TV, all team subscribers will not have access and will need to purchase the single team Padres package in addition to the all teams package in order to stream Padres games. So just more money to watch the Padres. 158 comments, Oof. 455 quote tweets to 103 likes. 1 million views, though. I mean, in the end of the day, you want the views. You want people <laughs> looking. And that could bring some people to the Padres. Padres have fun on social media. I mean, it's you know a good franchise right now. Uh, we've got a, good, got a lot of good players, but they took the ratio here. Um, I was actually working the day – it was that Friday when it was announced that they were no longer going to be on Valley Sports. And they only had like one camera in the entire game because it just – not no one was really working this game. And I was on the website, and someone pulled every single article that was through Valley Sports about the Padres off the website all at once. So I just lost where my spot I was working at when I was writing and oh. just hundreds, thousands of articles about the Padres ripped off the website at once. It said unpublished. So, I mean, that, that's where it kind of stands right now with um, some of these regional sports networks. So such a crazy, it just goes to show MLB more than any other sport has just the most backwards and bad system. I was about to say, Hey, baseball, you want people to watch, uh, maybe let people watch. 
Yeah. And I'm not I'm not smart enough to come up with the real solution for this, but it yeah. needs change. Tough. Um it, I know all MLS games are streamed through Apple TV plus. There's no blackouts though. And I think that's something that baseball just has to figure out if they really want to grow this game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agree to agree. Um okay. Good job. Good quick hits. Uh, we'll wrap We'll wrap up the show with some NBA final stuff. Like I said, the game has been going on while we've been recording. Um, it is 71 to 66 Denver in the third quarter right now. Um, Michael Porter Jr. Let me give a let me give a stat. Let me give a stat update. Live stat update, even though the show isn't live anymore. He has five points, six rebounds. He is two for seven from the field and one for five from three. So it's a it's a Michael the ball stops here, Porter. Uh, game for him but he had a good um, game one didn't he he did he did he did play well in game one i don't remember what he finished with he had a couple blocks kenny was saying before we like started he's just a rebound machine too which is yeah he just cleans the boards 14 boards in game one Um, there was a good story written about him in the denver post too for anyone that wants to read it it was like him finding peace and where his kind of his career has gone um, from the ups and downs of injuries and him finding peace was bringing hope to other kids that want to be in professional basketball players are really just continue as athletes. So good, good uh, article on that in the Denver post. Was there, did, did he talk about Mizzou in it at all? I bet. I, mean, I didn't I read it. Cause I think you have to have oh. a subscription, but I mean, I read the synopsis of it from yeah. like, uh, on the tweets that the uh, writer wrote. And so I thought it sounded pretty good and saw some quotes and I mean, it sounds like he's really at peace of where his career is going. It's not yeah. like he's resentful towards Mizzou either. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's been back. He was hurt. Games. Yeah. Gante, a- I know, on Twitter is like a Mizzou cheerleader. So mm-hmm. They made a bobblehead for him in a jersey he never wore. They did. They did indeed so, make a bobblehead. Oh, yeah. There it is. Junior. Michael. Right. Junior year. The only memorable things about junior year. Can you all hear that? Yes, Have you guys ever seen MPJ and Christian Brown on the floor at the same time? No, I don't think I've uh, ever seen yeah. that. I was hoping to see it. I want to see like Christian Braun just d- dribble up the court and do the uh, Villanova play where they throw it back to him and then MPJ just bangs a three. But I don't think we're ever going to see I've never seen him on the floor at the same time. I think it would probably be the inverse. I think it would probably be Michael Porter. Well, I've been, I've been watching Christian Brown tonight. Uh, Michael Porter that. Jr. wouldn't pass that shot up. That yeah. is true. Yeah, he'd be Michael shooting Porter that. does like to shoot threes. but yeah. Christian's about to come in, but MPJ is not on the floor. So... Uh... Don't think we're going to see it. Denver currently up 73-70. Yeah. Oh, I was hoping you were going to say a different score and expose that your TV is behind. <laughs> so Kenny just says it so, yeah, it's, it's 56-52. It's like, no, it's not, Kenny. You're a quarter and a half behind. Just insane, insane stream lag or something. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Game one was... I think that I really kind of game one made me wish I said that the Nuggets were going to win in four and really commit to mm-hmm. it. But game two, the Heat are keeping it close. I mean, I don't think the Heat, the like the Nuggets are the better team, like unequivocally, easily. It's evident. Yeah. But Jimmy Butler will get one game. He's not going to go down quietly. Um, and it's no shame in going down pretty quickly if you're the Heat. I mean, the fact that they're here is pretty remarkable. Um, but Denver is so, so good. Okay, uh, we're back because as soon as we decided uh, to just riff and talk about nothing, uh, Dennis Gates has dropped news on us. We talked about him earlier with it being a home run hire with Desiree Reed Francois, and he is once again proving why because he is uh, 
relentless in his pursuit of, of players to help improve on what was a phenomenal season for Mizzou men's basketball last year. Um, he has landed another player in the transfer portal, and it's a big one, literally, uh, because breaking news, Connor Vanover has committed to Mizzou. We were literally getting off of our call after we were done with the show when Peyton just goes, oh, Dennis Gates just tweeted his bat signal, which if you don't know is him just like cheering with a cool Mizzou background. <laughs> and so it, we were like, so electric. The yeah. emotions it incites in me are <laughs> unmatched. So, yeah, so he tweeted that and we had jumped right back on. And yeah, Connor Vanover has confirmed he is joining Mizzou uh, next season. The calls for a center have been answered. That has been the, you know, um, loudest call, I guess, for players coming in this offseason. We know Kobe Brown's leaving. Um, we know this team struggled for size last year. So I'll turn it over. Quick reactions, gentlemen. Um, he was visiting Missouri this past weekend, I think. Or this just earlier this uh, week. It was like it is Thursday, weekend, Friday. Yeah. yeah. So at the end of this past week, he was uh, in Columbia, and now Dennis Gates has, has landed a commitment from the seven three big man. Peyton, he was your jersey of the week for mm-hmm. Oral Roberts. Of course, played for Arkansas, the Must Bus as well. Um, what are your thoughts, big man? Finally uh, at Mizzou, breaking news. And people were worried Dennis wasn't gonna add a big man. It's like people thought Dennis didn't see the tallest player on the team right now that's actually going to play big minutes was Aiden Shaw. Like this was always going to happen. Um, he made it very clear. I remember when you were still covering the team, Jack and went to a press conference. He said, if you're going to be a five that plays for me, you got to shoot three. And that's what they're getting in Vanover. Vanover is surprisingly a pretty effective, um, shooter from beyond the arc, uh, Despite being seven foot five, he was the tallest player left in the portal. Um, and he just he fits every need they really needed. They needed someone that can grab boards. Vanover has a very good rebound rate. Um, but when they want to, when they're gonna need him to stretch the floor, uh, hit a three, he's capable of doing that. Um, ultimately, I think it's not the first person I think people would have wanted. Not even I would have wanted. It would have been nice for them to have landed Shedrick. Um, this is not the worst consolation prize in the world at all. Um, I think that I don't think he's going to play a crazy amount of minutes or anything, but I would definitely think he would start on occasion. Um, wouldn't expect him to come here without kind of at least some assurance of that. Uh, but ultimately, he fit every single need Mizzou had remaining. Uh, does he make Mizzou a bona fide Elite Eight Final Four team? No. Um, but he does, I think, put a piece in the puzzle that will make them still a top half of the SEC team. Most certainly. A- averaging seven, uh, 7.2 rebounds last year, 12.7 points. This, this is Connor Vanover's fourth stop in college basketball he did enter his name into the nba draft he had an agent kept that eligibility to be a grad transfer as this could be his last year in college basketball wasn't too long ago that he was facing the missouri tigers he started in that game when the arkansas razorbacks were ranked 10th in the nation in 2021 taking on mizzou at home kind of a very frustrating game going into overtime there with arkansas stealing that win they had 13 points in overtime mizzou only had eight uh, Connor Vanover didn't see much time that game, only 12 minutes. He had 12 points and four rebounds. Uh, but this does answer that that 
question at the big man spot. I mean, this is going to probably be the the first, I guess, average or not average, but um, more reoccurring minutes for a big man in Dennis Gates era. I mean, he really didn't have that tool last year. I know Modiara, Mohamed Diara um, got a little bit better down the stretch, got more minutes, but um, Connor Vanover likely in that starting five to start the year. Yeah. I mean, Peyton, you, you brought it up. Like you kind of knew, I think most Mizzou fans did that he was going to find his big eventually. Um, and yeah, this is a good one. I totally forgot about the Cal. He started at Cal and then went mm-hmm. to, went to Arkansas after that. So yeah, he's, He's been he's one of those players that, you know, Mizzou relied on those guys last year that have a lot of experience that have played for a whole lot of schools and then finally kind of settled um, in Dennis Gates' system. So I think, you know, he if he embraces it, um, he can be really, really effective. He's a stretch big. Um, he had some really good stints for Oral Roberts playing in a good Oral Roberts team. Um, they had a good creator in Max A. Smith, who he could kind of run the pick and roll with there. You expect, you know, with someone like Nick Honor, Sean East, um, you know, if Isaiah Mosley comes back, we don't know what that situation is. Could be three guards that could work really well in that system with him. Um, He brings something different than Muhammad Diara, who was obviously a little bit more of a rock defensively, but didn't really have as much offensive tools. I think at least not as much as a lot of people thought. Um, But Vanover does. Um, He's crafty. He can score in bunches when he's given the opportunity. Like Peyton said, I don't think it's like a, you know, a uh, elevation of of skill that takes Mizzou, you know, fully to the next level. But it certainly is a great roster piece, I think, to complement what has been a pretty outstanding transfer portal by all accounts for Gates. Obviously, with the exception of not getting your first choice big man, you know, Peyton said it last week or last show when we were talking about replacing Kobe Brown, how you do that is by committee and you don't do that by just getting a like for like player. You bring in guys that you know are going to buy into your system and keep that sort of um, momentum that they got last season going. And that's what they've done. And I think this is probably the, the coup de gras. I don't know. I don't even, I don't even know roster construction wise, if he's able to go after another side, like any other guys, but um you know, if not, I think if you're ending with Vanover, you got your big. That's going to satisfy most fans at the end of the day. Yeah, Peyton's and jersey oh, of the week came to fruition. Yeah, I mean, is were, that a you were big on first... him last on the week? On the... Yeah, that might be the first time that that's happened. The first well, speculative jersey that's then actually happened. Yeah, I couldn't make it a full on Mizzou jersey yeah. of the week, but I did have a good feeling. I mean, at this stage, if you're a Getting visitors, there's very few times where you're going to get a visitor and not have a commitment this late in the game. Um, there are some exceptions, but this didn't feel like one of them. Uh, at the end of the day, I mean, people are going to re- look back at Vanover and remember what Jeremiah D- Tillman did to him a few years ago <laughs> and have a bad taste in their mouth. And that's understandable, but you have to look at it like this. Do you think Vanover is going to have a bigger impact this year than Mohamed Diara had for Mizzou last year? And I think the answer is yes, because I think they are basically fulfilling the same kind of mold for this roster. Um, And he's honestly, he's a good fit. I mean, he's not going to be one of the top options on the floor, um, but when he is going to be given the ball, he shoots 35% from beyond the arc. That is more than serviceable for a big man. Great defense, or not defensive, uh, block numbers or anything like that, but good rebounder. Everything at this stage is going to be a gamble. Um, 
And I think this is a calculated risk. They're banking on him being able to fit in their system pretty well. Um, and I think it's very worthwhile for them to try it. Yeah. Like the Peyton, I want to bring up the thing you said um, with, with Vanover coming in this late. And like, like you said, like Missouri on Instagram was posting the newcomers moving into their housing like yesterday. So summer workouts are tomorrow. Yeah. So, you know, these it, it's, it's really at the buzzer. Like you said, you get a visitor. This is, Probably a little bit of a gamble. I'm sure Gates has not scouted Vanover nearly as much as he has evaluated guys like Tamar Bates and John Tanjay, who he got weeks and months ago. And obviously, he's probably paying attention. But you know, you know, I think he 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 was feeling the heat a little bit of I got to go after a big. But I think yeah, I think he got a pretty darn good one in terms of you know the modern pick and roll big. He can he you know he can size up just from being really tall he'll get you some rebounds and he can shoot he can stretch the floor he's not you know going to get in anybody's way just being kind of clunky in the post which is somebody you know like Jamarian Sharp on offense you could have argued who you know Mizzou is linked to not once but twice and got you know curved not once but twice um but the, yeah, I think it's a it's a it's a good fit, and you know if Aiden Shaw kind of blows up into the really explosive four that he has the potential to be in year two, um, that's great. But you know I think you get someone safe, you get someone experienced. They leaned on that last year with guys like Demoy Hodge and Sean East and Nick Honor, Golston, um, DeAndre Golston. So. I think there's no reason not to bank on experience given the results we saw last season. So yeah, fun times. Dennis Gates. He's, he's proving like, uh, you know, they, they, like I'm trying to make an analogy, but they always say like football sometimes is King in sports where like other stuff will go on. Then a football event will happen to just, you know, take the attention away. Dennis Gates is King at Mizzou. We try and talk mm-hmm. about baseball hirings. Nope. Dennis Gates recruit. We bat signal. About, yeah, bat signal. We try and talk about football scheduling. No. Dennis Gates announces that Aiden Shaw now has a 50-inch vertical. I don't know. <laughs> Dennis, hey, he's not, he's Dennis Gates off. is entering, or, uh, announces that Aiden Shaw is entering the Mr. Universe uh, competition Pageant? after bulking up um, and gaining 50 pounds in muscle mass. Eli Drinkwitz says Sam Horn is the starter. Nope. Dennis Gates says Jackson Francois will be the starting two next season after significant offseason development. <laughs> um, all right. Well, there you go. Break first breaking news segment of the, the podcast era. Um, so glad it glad it dropped before we had all gone our our separate rate our separate ways. So we'll plug this into the the rest of the show. But yeah, big news for Mizzou men's basketball. Connor Vanover is a tiger. They've found their center. So, you know, we'll see what the people on Power Mizzou gripe about next uh, for <laughs> men's basketball. But no longer a center. Connor or maybe the man over. He went 0 for 11 against Jeremiah Tillman. You should do that in your voice. <laughs> when, when you want to poke fun at a fan, do it. Pick one of the voices, either the high or the low one on your on your board. Let's see. Oh, Connor Vanover. <laughs> you see the one TikTok he made? That was Disgusting. great. Yeah, it was great. Very fun timeline show. We've got we've got Frankenstein together now with with breaking news. But yes, Connor Vanover, Missouri Tiger, very very exciting stuff. All right, we're on the show. I uh, hope everyone enjoyed. We'll be back uh, Friday. Um, with should Pete have an interview Zimmerman. with Pete Zimmerman. 
um, set up. Hope he and the team are feeling better from the, the stomach virus. Um, and yeah, we'll be back. We'll be back Friday. Everyone enjoy your week. Uh, and thank you for all the uh, downloads so far. It's been cool to see the first two episodes on the, the pod format. So Especially in um, Singapore. Shout out, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> y'all some real ones, for real. Um, all right. Well, on the show, hope everyone enjoyed. And we'll be back on Friday. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.